Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. And I'm Kelly. We got a busy one this week. There's a lot of not so good news, honestly, but, you know, the video game world can't be all all joy, you know, every week. So you ready to get into it, Kelly? I sure am. All right, let's hit it. So this morning, as of time of recording, July 6th, Nintendo finally revealed the new Switch model. This is something that's been rumored for literally years. Rumblings have been happening since January of 2019. We've talked about it on this show basically every episode because there's been some little rumble every time, you know, every week. Uh, but finally, they went ahead and released a little trailer for it. It comes out October 8th, same day as Metroid Dread. It is called the Nintendo Switch, parenthesis, OLED model, unparenthesis. What a clean name comes out. <laughs> like I said, October 8th of this year, it is $349 USD. It has an OLED 7-inch screen, which is a little bigger than the 6.2-inch screen on the regular Switch. It is still 720p. It still outputs to the television at 1080p. It has 64 gig storage instead of 32 on the regular model. It has an Ethernet port built in to the, the uh, television dock. And it is white. The dock, I should say. That's it. That's it. It's no stronger than the regular Switch, so all of the quote-unquote pro rumors have kind of been debunked. All of the OLED information was completely correct, but the the fact that it would be stronger was all malarkey, baloney. It was a load of hooey. So I am not getting one anymore. <laughs> it just seems like a total... I don't want to say waste, but it's like, what was the like, what was the point? I mean, I'm trying to think like, I want to be a little fair to Nintendo, because if this thing was not rumored and they just announced this today, it'd been like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like a $50 more for a nicer screen version of the Switch. Like, OK, they're just adding an additional option. But it's the fact that like we spent so long waiting for an improved Switch and now it's just like. Like for me, I don't play in portable almost ever like a couple times a year honestly so if i bought this thing it would be a real waste of money yeah i don't know i have a less i have a less optimistic view on it i don't think the i just don't just feels like kind of a cash grab to me i don't know how to explain it i and i and i feel like there's no what's the word i'm looking for there's not that much value in it. So why is it more expensive? That's what I'm saying. It's like a little bit bigger. And it looks nicer? Question mark? In handheld, yeah, but not. If you play docked only, there is no benefit to this. Yeah, so I truly think it shouldn't be more expensive. I'm not gonna yeah, I kinda, it. it might have been kind of cool if they just replaced the regular Switch model. Like this was $300 and they just phased out the regular model. Right. And this is the new version. Right. I mean, I guess... It makes sense. It's like three tiers. So if you want to switch, you can either buy the light, the regular model or this new OLED version. And if you want to like drop an extra 50, it's, you know, it kind of reminds me of like how Xbox and PlayStation's new generations both have like a higher end and a lower end model and you pick one, you know, mm -hmm. but the fact that there's basically no real difference besides the screen 
quality. Again, I just had high hopes because I, I would have loved to see, you know, some games running at higher resolutions and higher frame rates. And this will not do that at all. It will just make games look nicer in handheld, which, again, I don't play handheld. So for me, and this is very personal, so take this with a grain of salt. But like for me, this there's no reason to purchase this. If I could upgrade mine for $50, you know, because I paid 300 for mine. If there was some way I could be like, all right, pay 50 bucks, I get the new one. I would do that. But I, I, I am well aware that my heavily used Switch is not worth its 300 that I paid. So I, I would end up having to pay almost full price. So. Yeah. I, I think the hype just killed this one. If we didn't know about it till today, it probably would have been a cool little thing. But the, we've known about this for, like I said, two years, over two years now. There's been rumbling, so we've really built up all these ideas in our head. Right. I agree. Speaking of things that were built up in our heads, in my head, in my yeah, little I, brain. Yeah, don't say our, say yours, <laughs> because we know you got a we you got a brain for this thing. Um, Bioware confirmed very explicitly that they won't be showing any Mass Effect or Dragon Age at EA Play Live, which is in like two weeks, yeah, July twenty second. I, for one, am grateful that they did this because now I am like don't have to get excited the whole time for something that's not going to be there. I'm a little bit nervous, but I think what has happened with Dragon Age is that it's gone through like it's Dragon Age 4, I should say, is that it's already gone through like two restarts, basically. Like the initial plan was going to be a live service game and then they changed it and then they changed it again. So it's kind of on its final iteration now. So I think... Maybe we'll see something at the Game Awards. If not, it's not really a big deal. And I mean, Mass Effect, I was a little less hopeful too, just because, you know, Andromeda came out four years ago now. And that was like the most basic teaser they could possibly show. Um, and it was like so small that there was no way that they have anything substantial to talk about. So kind of sad, kind of disappointing. But if I have to wait longer for a better game, I will. I'm fine with that, you know? I mean, at least you're going into this EA Play Live not expecting it now, because that... Can you imagine how disappointed you would have been if they didn't say this and you expected it? Right. I would have been incredibly disappointed. Yeah, this this is probably for the best. It's, it's annoying because it's been so long, and I think if anybody deserves to see this it is you kelly you know <laughs> you've been so persistent and supportive and they just you deserve it they should be giving you what you deserve Kelly. they should invite me to, to wherever they're going to show the next um trailer they should just hire you shouldn't they just to just like watch them make it yeah and, and say nice things bioware if you're interested i am also interested Hit me at, up at Kel Kel's Bells. All right, Bells N. Ah, uh, Kel's Bells N on Twitter. Yeah, at her. Hit me up. HMM. I'm trying to say um, hello. <laughs> uh, Kelly, I want to give you an award. Oh, thank you. I know that I'm very, very funny and very smart. And... No, oh. no, no, no. It's not what this is about. Oh, okay. What is it about? <laughs> this is the Kelly called it award as uh, I, I'm going to go. I'm going to give it that name because it, you know, 
alliteration. Last week, we talked about a rumor that, well, actually, this wasn't a rumor. Uh, EA said that they were going to be bringing back a classic IP at their EA Play Live. And now there is a report that this will be the Dead Space remake, and it will be made by the Battlefront co-developer Motive. Um, to be fair to the world, a lot of people were were speculating that it might be Dead Space, and I was part of that. I said, yeah, I think it would make sense to make a new Dead Space game, make a sequel, make some kind of new spinoff. And Kelly said, nah, it's going to be a remake. They're going to remake Dead Space. That was, you called it. And then not but a week later, Dead Space Remake, reportedly in the works. I think they might have stolen that idea from me. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, even though it might be shown in the next like couple... Well, it'll be shown in a couple weeks. They definitely <laughs> listened to last week's episode and prepared a whole game in time. Yeah. We know how quick EA is at making games. Right. Not like nine years or anything like that. <laughs> but this is... I mean, it's cool news. Uh, I have very little hope for EA as a company, and also, they mistreated the Dead Space IP in the past, but I still can't help but feel like a little excited at the possibility of like an IP returning to form, you know. Plus, Dead Space is so like formative. I feel like, um, I feel like it really sort of redefined the jump scare genre, which I know doesn't get a lot of respect, and for good reason because a lot of jump scare games are kind of crappy. But I feel like Dead Space was special in that it sort of like revolutionized that for a more like streamlined experience. I don't know. It was more fun. I don't know. I'm interested to see like what kind of improvements will be made. Cause like the sounds of it, it doesn't really seem like it's going to be just a remaster. It sounds like it'll be a remake from the ground up. So I don't know. They'll probably make some substantial changes if that is the case. So I'm curious what that would be. Cause it feels like the dead space formula is very like iconic and it would be strange if they made any serious changes. So maybe they'll just, I don't know, gussy it up a whole bunch and call it a remake kind of like the the demon souls remake where it's the same exact game but it's so substantially better looking that it does qualify yeah plus like with um i don't know i feel like it's just easy to smack a new coat of paint over it and make it look real nice yeah it look real nice really re yeah that was good <laughs> something that is not real nice <laughs> EA is just the gift that keeps giving this week. <laughs> um, so EA and a Smite, the game Smite, uh, sign a deal, or they signed a deal, I should say, um, to potentially bring TV-style commercials to games, except um, an EA spokesperson was like, no, 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 that's not. We are not doing in-game advertising for console games, and we haven't signed any agreements or anything like that. So. Uh, but I wouldn't put it past them. I choose not to believe the EA executives. Also, I'm sorry. If you play like any EA sports game that came out past the year 2019, they have like advertisements in the game, like during the loading screens, you have to like watch like trivia stuff and it's framed as like, oh, it's like fun stuff between the games. But it's like I'm being advertised to right now. The worst part is the fact that now consoles are so like ridiculously fast at loading that they're going to like add loading screens for the sake of advertisement, you know? Oh, God. And they're gonna. I don't care what they I don't care what the executive said. This is going to happen. EA is a very 
very money hungry company. It's very obvious to me that this is not just some rumbling. This is clearly the start of something. Yeah. It's never just rumbling. I like some of the IPs they have, but screw EA. No, <laughs> screw them. They're they're just they're a very money hungry company and they're pretty gross. So yeah. I'm I'm expecting that this will happen at some point. Yeah. Um speaking of gross companies that we hate though. <laughs> <laughs> Konami was in the news this week because they announced a partnership with Bloober Team. I'll repeat that. Bloober. Mm-hmm. I'm not it's not Baluber though. I'm just emphasizing the, the B. It's Bloober. B-L-O-O-B-E-R team. Um, that is the developer behind Blair Witch and the Medium, among others. They didn't say what this partnership's about, but If you know video games, it seems fairly obvious that Konami is bringing them in to work on some kind of horror IP, perhaps a very quiet one, perhaps Mm -hmm. one that takes place on some large mound. Wow. What was that word? Mounds. (laughs) Yeah. Some large cats, some (laughs) some large mounds of land, some Mm -hmm. some quiet Mm-hmm. mountains maybe quiet mountains does that does that sound familiar it sure does silent hill is what yeah. i'm trying to say yeah. <laughs> i uh, sorry go ahead i was just gonna say i don't i only trust bloober team bloober team <laughs> if they include at least one advertisement in the next silent hill game <laughs> that is minmo the cat growing strong have you seen that no, please, please impart what that means on me. Okay, so there's an advertisement in Silent Hill 3, and it's just this little fuzzy, fluffy cat, and it's like a kitten, and it's his, her, I don't know if it's a girl or a boy cat, but their little face is just in a circle, <gasps> and then on top it says Minmo, growing strong, and it's supposed to be like an advertisement for cat food, I think. Why is it all in Comic Sans? That's that's what's so funny about it is it's like the most poorly made advertisement I maybe have ever seen in a video game, but it's like so memorable because I think of Minmo and I think of growing strong and I think of that cute little cat. Hey, guess who's going in the thumbnail this week? Minmo, growing Minmo. strong. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of that. I guess I saw, I heard the word Silent Hill and my brain was immediately like, immediately just like Minmo, growing strong. Not any uh, of the horror, not Norman Reedus. Not any of that. I'm thinking of Minmo. Well, good news, audience. You don't have to look it up. Just look at your your device, and there will be a little picture of Minmo, so you'll understand. <laughs> He'll be growing strong in the ad. Aw, he will be. <laughs> That's so cute. I gotta get to work on that. <laughs> um, what do you, how do you feel about this, Andrew? Uh... I mean, Blair Witch and the Medium were like moderately well received, you know, like medium tier games. Did you play either of them? Um, I watched all of Blair Witch and I watched a lot of technical analysis of the Medium because the Medium did take very good advantage of next gen console, this gen consoles, I should say. Mm -hmm. Um, It's on Series X, which I do not have, and it's coming to PS5 later, so I may play it on that. I mean, they're they're a very competent developer, and the Silent Hill IP has so much established content that they I don't think they should have the toughest time making something good and interesting. But it's definitely too soon to say, because they're still going to be under Konami's control, right. who I do not trust whatsoever 
at all in any capacity. Right. But I we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. This is probably going to take a while. If they just signed the deal, I do not think we will see these seeds grown for at least like three to five years. Maybe it'll just be a new pachinko game. Yeah, they brought <laughs> they brought in this storied uh, horror developer now to make a pachinko machine <laughs> for them. They're like, we don't have enough. We don't have enough. Um, speaking of things that we don't have enough of is spooky switch games. Or murder mystery Switch games. That's actually probably not true. I feel like the Switch probably has the most murder mystery games. Still not enough. Still not enough. Um, so AI, the Somnium Files, Nirvana Initiative. That's the whole <laughs> title. Uh, was announced for spring of 2022 to release on the Switch. Um, it's a sequel to a 2019 detective mystery game. Um and then the reveal trailer was also like, yeah, there's going to be a physical edition too and a collector's edition, which is must be really cool for AI, the Somnium Files, Nirvana Initiative fans. <laughs> That's such a mouthful. I mean, Spike Chunsoft is like, everybody loves Danganronpa and like, it feels like most of their games that they've made since then haven't quite burst out like that game, but yeah, they there's... I... I they definitely have a fan base, so this is very exciting for them. Right. There's just and nothing I'm, like that scary bear who is sometimes nice and sometimes evil. That's the best review I've ever heard of Danganronpa in my <laughs> life. <laughs> uh. um, speaking of... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got it. I, I can see it in your eyes. What, the desperation and fear as the audience <laughs> judges me because there's no transition here. Yeah. Anyway. Speaking of evil. <laughs> what? Because we were talking about the evil bear. But don't we like Sony? Kind sure. of. A little bit. Sure. Okay. Well, I mean, we just talked about EA and Konami. So talking about Sony, I'm like, yeah, I love them because That's... I just, their problems are far lesser than That's the others true. we've discussed. Yes. So Sony Interactive Entertainment acquired House Mark, which is the studio that made Returnal. They also acquired Nixus, which is a PC port specialist. And while this is not official, the Japanese PlayStation Twitter account accidentally tweeted that they acquired Bluepoint, the creator, <laughs> of, which is a very funny thing to do. Aww. And like I would have said, like oh maybe it was a mistake, but like they made a new artwork with the Demon Souls logo or Demon Souls cover in it, and I'm like oh that's not a mistake. They just aren't ready to announce it. Yeah. Um, but Blue Point remade Demon Souls and they remade Shadow of the Colossus. Um, and it's very weird to me that they are not already owned by Sony because I can't imagine like I don't know. I can't imagine Sony wants to let them go. So uh, they were really busy this week <laughs> buying up studios, I guess. Yeah, they must have gotten a big fat check or something. And they were like, what are we going to do with, you know what, quarter two just ended. So maybe they were like, oh, my God, we got to buy up all this stuff before quarter three. Yeah. And I mean, they're probably looking at Microsoft over there buying up everything in the world and being like, "Uh oh, we better get on this before they start buying our stuff. You know, right, right. Because like nothing was stopping Microsoft from walking over with their big old pocketbook and going, hey. Hey, all these PlayStation studios, do you want to switch switch teams? Do you want to you know? switch teams? 
It's like the Sprint guy, the Sprint and Verizon guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Except really it's hope... not because they didn't do that, but it would no. have been. They could have. They should have, and they should have made advertisements in that style. I agree. But... Or like Mac and PC. Remember that? Remember that. It's, I watch those ads every day still on oh. YouTube.com. Oh, okay. They make me feel really warm and fuzzy. Do they? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. But you know what makes me feel warm and fuzzy? Ghosts. Or more, <laughs> wait, 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 what? Or more specifically, a ghost of Tsushima. Director's cut. Wow. Does it really make you feel warm and fuzzy? Because no. honestly, it's making me feel a little bad. No, no, it doesn't make me feel warm and fuzzy. <laughs> um, so there is a director's cut of Ghost of Tsushima, which I don't think is that surprising. No. Um, but it comes with the Iki Island expansion, yeah. uh, which is a $20 upgrade for PS4. And then a $30 upgrade for PS5. Icky. That is absurd. Here's what grosses me out about this. I think it's completely reasonable to charge $20 for a DLC expansion. That's completely reasonable. So in the PS4, for PS4, it's fine. I think it's okay to charge 20 bucks for a new story on a new uh, segment of land. Like, that's pretty cool, you know? Mm -hmm. And honestly, like, I probably would like to play that. But here's my problem. They are adding PlayStation 5 features. They're adding haptic feedback. They're adding adaptive trigger use. They're taking full advantage of the 4K and 60 FPS or the SSD to make the game run at 4K and 60 FPS. That's great. But you can only access those PlayStation 5 upgrades by buying the director's cut, which is a $30 upgrade. There are going to be people who would like to play the true PS5 version of this game without having to pay for this expansion, you know? Mm-hmm. And also, I just disagree with the practice of charging $10 for an upgrade. Like, Microsoft's not doing it. I know Sony doesn't look at them for reference, but like, every Xbox game that's got an upgrade, you just click a button and boom, it's upgraded. Even some PlayStation games, boom, it's upgraded. The fact that to upgrade this game, you have to pay $30. Like, I paid 60 on launch, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't want to pay another 30 bucks to play an expansion and the PS5 version. That's too much money. Yeah, that is. It's just it's like sad because it's like such a beautiful game and you can tell that it was made with like a lot of care and love. And it's obviously like an homage to, you know, old movies, but it's like sad to see it being used for such evil. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I'm with you on that. Because I was going, like, when I saw the news of this, I was like, oh, I'll pay 20 bucks for the DLC. No problem. Like, I like this game. Mm -hmm. I'd love to play a little bit more of it. But now I'm like, okay, but I don't want, like, 30 bucks. I know that's only a $10 difference, but the fact that I have to pay 30 just to play this DLC now. And, like, yeah, I could technically pay 20 and then just pay the last-gen version on my PS5. But, like, that feels so stupid that I'm not willing to do that. Yeah. Uh, it's just icky. I that's, I think the whole idea of charging more for an upgrade is kind of ridiculous. Because, like, I don't know. It's just... And also the fact that this game's been out for, what, coming up on a year. Came out in July of last year. And 
to buy the PS5 version, if you don't already have it, you have to go out and find a PS5 disc, and it's 70 bucks. This game's a year old. I don't care if it's a director's cut, it shouldn't be $70. Yeah. I know. It's, I know. It's upsetting. That seems to be the theme of this episode, is everybody wants, everybody wants their money. Everybody wants their money. We money. just... Uh... Mo money, mo problems. That's what I'm always saying. Mo money, mo problems, min mo. Min mo, growing strong. <laughs> and healthy. <laughs> Cat foods, min mo. I'm just, I keep pulling up the ad. I, know. I should be, I should absolutely be focused on the content of this episode, but you introduced me to min mo. I know, I shouldn't have done that. Have Comic you played Sans. the third Silent Hill? I played a little bit of it. I didn't get to Minmo, or at least don't remember Minmo. It's pretty good. Well, now I'm gonna play just to get to Minmo. <laughs> just to get Minmo. Um, Kelly. Yes. Do you like Mr. Kojima? Yeah, we have. You know, we have like a complicated friendship. But oh, have you guys been talking lately? Mm, not as much. You know, he's really busy working on something. Do you know who he's working for? No. Are you going to tell us? I'm going to tell you reportedly. <laughs> well, hang on. That makes it sound like reportedly I will say something. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody has reported on me, sadly. Sadly. But uh, reportedly, Mr. Hideo Kojima is working on an Xbox exclusive right now. This is not quite corroborated, so it's not like the most trustworthy thing in the world, but there is definitely some evidence behind this. Um, it was reported by VentureBeat uh, and then followed up by a lot of different outlets. But this would be really shocking. I mean, again, Microsoft money means that they can basically pay anybody to do whatever. But like Kojima, even before Death Stranding, his entire career has basically been like rooted in PlayStation culture. You know, Metal yeah. Gear started Metal Gear Solid, I should say, started on PlayStation and it had his home on PlayStation basically through the entire franchise. The only one that wasn't on PlayStation was 5, which was multi-console. And then he went back after leaving Konami and he made a PlayStation-exclusive game. And it was like a whole thing. Everybody remembers that that was watching at the time. Like, they literally were just like, look, we got Kojima out of the dungeon. We did it. PlayStation did it. Yeah. Um, and now with the idea of him working on an Xbox exclusive, I mean, whatever he wants to do, I think that man has the right to make creatively whatever he wants. But it would feel so strange to hear if this came true. Yeah, I don't. I would. I won't say I'd be disappointed because you know I don't know anything about the inner workings of the industry. You know who knows how Sony is, you know. But I feel like it would be very odd to see him make an Xbox exclusive. So, you know, I guess we'll see if this new story like comes to fruition, or if it's just like farts in the wind. Uh, <laughs> but, um, is that what metal gear solid six is going to be called farts yeah actually or no it'll be called patriots of farts in the wind oh i was gonna say the fartum fartum pain <laughs> oh that's really good that's much better it's than not mine. please don't give me credit it's much better than mine <laughs> you know what he might be working on no i know what the next story is and i promise <laughs> you he's not working on this next story i promise you <laughs> 
I would bet my entire life savings and my life and my cat's life that he is not working on what you're about to talk about. Um. <laughs> the Elder Scroll <laughs> 6. The Elder Scroll 6. Uh-huh. Is... Yeah, Kojima's new game. Kojima's new game, and it's also in its design <laughs> phase, which means nothing to me. Freaking Todd. Todd said, you guys, don't worry. We're designing it now. Wink. Winky. Winky face. Me and Kojima are designing it right now. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> um, this has no relation to the news itself, but um, in our in our shared document that we work off of, I desperately tried to work type the words... Todd Howard says, um, and now I'm going to politely ask that Kelly reads to you what I typed instead of saying Todd Howard says. Todd Howards says. <laughs> Would you? How is that second word pronounced? S- how? Howards. 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 Yes. Todd Howardus has sister. That's his weird cousin. Yeah. <laughs> he said, why is his weird cousin saying that because Elder Scrolls Todd, 6 is a design phase? Todd is afraid. He's afraid of the people. I'm. He should be afraid. Why is Elder Scrolls 6 still in the design phase? Hey, don't worry. It's in the design phase, okay? No, no that makes me worry more. No, no, no. It's Are in you the Todd right phase. now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Todd, stop. It's being designed in the de- design phase right now. In the divine Todd. design phase. Oh, okay, Todd? Yes. If your game's in the design phase, why did you announce it three years ago? You know, I get this question a lot. Am I being problematic? Was it announced two years ago? Let's find no, out. No, it was tw- It was definitely longer than that. Because I remember we it were- It was 2018, was, right? Yeah. No, it was like 2017. I googled when was Elder Scrolls 6 announced and Google said 2026. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's true. No, I would tend to say that that is not a correct thing that Google has said. I'm going to say 2017. I think we saw that little teaser. 2018. Oh, okay. But still that's 3 years ago. Over yeah. 3 years now and they're still in the design on the dis- in the design phase? Come on, Todd. You guys were in the design phase. You know what is coming out in 2026, kind of? <laughs> and by kind of, I mean not 2026, actually. Me becoming a geriatric old person? Yeah, both of us will be... Okay, so in, in 2025, uh, Kelly and I are anticipated to be in the uh, the home, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, living out our final days yep. in our old in our old age. Yep. Kelly at the ripe old age of six hundred and five. Yep. Me at the ripe old age of um fourteen. Yep. Um, and we'll be playing together. <laughs> Gre- <laughs> Grand Theft Auto Six. <laughs> we're a mess today. What are these these stories we're telling? Anyway, Grand Theft Auto Six <laughs> is reportedly going to be released in twenty twenty five. And it will re- include a Fortnite-like evolving map. Um, yuck. Um, I don't have a problem with that. 
I'm okay. Uh, what do they mean by Fortnite? Are you they, saying I'm like assuming big cataclysmic events are going to happen? I'm assuming because GTA Online makes Rockstar just just mounds, piles of money. So I'm assuming Grand Theft Auto 6 will be a, a an inherently online game that you can choose to play offline, but it will be online primarily. And I'm assuming that means that the map will just change over time, you know, so that they can continue to milk their audience through the year 2030, like they've done with GTA 5. Yeah, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think the 2025 release date's kind of bad. Yeah, that's bad. Considering, like, I was looking at a, a release calendar from, from Rockstar, and I was just in disbelief at what happened, because if you look, PlayStation 2, they had several games. They had GTA 3, GTA San Andreas, they had uh, Bully. All of these games came out that generation. PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, they had GTA 4, they had Red Dead Redemption, they had GTA 5, all in one generation. The PlayStation 4, Xbox One generation, they released Red Dead 2. And that's it. Yeah, but you, I mean, my thing is Red Dead 2 was like a really heavy, like it was, um, it had a lot of meat to it. And I think maybe Rockstar has changed up their model a little bit just because they got in trouble a few years ago for not treating their employees very good. Yeah, but um, they were not treating them good before and they still only released Red Dead 2, you know? Yeah, that's true. Maybe the, well, yeah, I'm not sure. It's not good. I agree with you. 2025 is not good. I'm not disagreeing there. I just am curious like if the slowdown has anything to do with like they'd want to avoid bad press or if it's just like these games are just taking way way longer to make than they used to i don't know yeah but still 2025 is absurd sorry i don't want to hear about a game if it's not coming out for <laughs> 4 years well the bright dragon side age is 4 is... sorry <laughs> what well, is reported so at this point it's not guaranteed but like it i heard that and i was like yeah that lines up as much as it sucks that does line up I don't know. I think it's just ridiculous that they that they I don't know. Make yeah. games. Make games faster. I don't care. I'm a selfish boy. <laughs> I just want <laughs> to have a good time stealing cars in a video game. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's been so long, I'm probably going to start doing it in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm planning a bank heist as we speak. People who say video games cause violence, what they mean is they don't release violent video games quick enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's clearly the problem here that's true i'm always saying that i'm gonna be used as a source in an academic paper against video games <laughs> you might be you never know i don't we'll find out soon so thursday of this week that's july 8th mm -hmm. there's going to be a ps state of play at 5 p.m eastern standard time it's going to be 30 minutes long, and there's going to be a nine-minute showcase of the game Deathloop. Um, but otherwise, the main focus is going to be on third parties, which is fine. I'm excited about the Deathloop thing. It's been so long. I feel like they announced that game so long ago. Yeah, I'm very excited for the other 21 minutes of this. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish you could see her aggressive blinking. I don't know what to say. 
I mean, I'm interested in Deathloop, but I don't know. Nine I feel minutes like we're just... is kind of a long time. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad they told us that because this, I thought this could have very easily been like a Square Enix E3 conversation where like <laughs> a half of the show was this one thing. And because we didn't know that, we're like, why are we still talking about this? But at least going in, I'll be like, all right, I got nine minutes of Deathloop and then 21 minutes of hopefully some new and interesting stuff. Yeah. They said something along the lines of, um, they said there will be no first party stuff, so no God of War, no Horizon. They said stay tuned later this summer for more stuff from them. So I'm really hoping that late July they have a first party state of play and we can find out what's going on. Because at this point we know like nothing about what PlayStation's actually releasing besides those two games. Yeah. So we'll have more to talk about this on the next episode because we'll have that news. Yep. That covers the uh, the news this week. It was a very, it was a bad week, wouldn't you say? <laughs> yeah, not like a super cheerful week. No, but but thankfully, we have video games to actually play. So shall we dive into that? We shall. I played uh, two games this week. The first game I played is called Going Under. It is a roguelike game that hates capitalism. Oh. Yeah, which is like a good advertising tactic if I've ever heard it. Uh, it has really fun and silly combat, um, but it still feels like within the player's control, even though you're flailing a lot and the enemies are kind of wild. Uh, the writing is really sharp, which is kind of surprising for a roguelike. And the characters are really cute and charming. They're all designed really nicely. Um, and because of that, it makes like the in-between segments a lot more amusing. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a problem with a lot of roguelikes is that, you know, the runs are fun. But when you lose, you get frustrated because you're like, I just want to I just want to be playing. I just want to be playing. But with this, it's kind of like nice to fall between because you're interested to see what the characters have to say. And they are so cute. Um, there's a lot of meme referencing, which... Uh, which anytime that happens, it's going to age very quickly. But the jabs at capitalism will last forever. <laughs> they'll always be funny. That's true. Um, but the visuals are very stark and pleasant. Um, there's a lot of just primary colors, very little shading, but like very deliberate. Um, I experienced a few glitches, but they were all kind of goofy, like people like merging into walls and getting stuck after I beat them or like <laughs> ragdolling out of insane out out of insane ragdolling out of control um i played the first half of the game and i was having fun but it was definitely too easy i beat all of the bosses first try for the first half of the game which for a roguelike was kind of very surprising mm -hmm. um but then at the halfway point there's a a pretty substantial change which i will not spoil but the difficulty spike was gigantic you know, I really would have preferred a gradual incline because it would have made me more interested in sticking around. But because it went from like really easy to all of a sudden, like extremely difficult, I, I kind of got pushed away and I'm not certain that I'll return. It was on Game Pass or is on Game Pass, I should say. So I don't regret the the four hours I spent on the game, but I, I won't be returning to it probably because that spike was a little too intense. Uh, the other game I was playing this week, week is uh, Gang Beasts which is uh, just like a fun little goofy multiplayer game. If you don't know, it's kind of just bashing physics-heavy people at each other. It's kind of hard to explain. You take your very goofy character models and just bash them into each other and try to throw each other up. Throw each other off cliffs is like the primary thing. Um, I played for a little while, and I do recommend playing this game in a room with friends because it's goofy. Um, maybe not the most... Uh, maybe not the most longevity as far as games go, but but I had a lot of fun playing it. Um, the visuals are kind of like 
they're plain, but because of the ragdoll physics, it's still a very amusing game to look at. Um, I will say that sadly, this game did make me want to play party animals more than this game, which uh, is kind of sad because party animals is for the most part ripping off gang beasts just with cute animals instead. So I'm looking forward to playing that game now. And also I tried to play online with friends and it didn't work. It was just non-functional. It kept glitching. It took forever to load. And then once we got in, I had no control over my character and my friend did. And it kept putting us in parties, even though we tried to play private matches. It was it was a mess. Yeah. And again, this was another it was on Game Pass. So that's the thing with these games. It's like I have no regret. But if I had spent money on this game, I would have been extremely frustrated. So, yeah, that sucks. But it's hard sometimes with those little games that are more less yeah. taken care of. So it's it's hard to play online sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But are you going to play Party Animals when you when it comes out? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, it's on Game Pass, so what do I have to lose, you know? That's true. And I'm looking forward to being a, a alligator and a, and a bear and a dog. Chicken? And just like, you know. Maybe a chicken? Right. Bonk. I, yeah, no, I bashed my head. Gave me a little bit of a headache and almost knocked my headphones off. And the best part is that the audience can't even see it. So I did it for <laughs> just Kelly. <laughs> it's okay. I appreciated it. Glad. I'm glad that you did. What have you been playing this week, Kelly? So, as I have acclimated to my PC, the Steam summer sale is going on right now. I think until next week. And I got Fallout 4 and Skyrim Special Edition bundled for $30. So, yes, I bought Skyrim on another platform. No, (laughs) don't yell at me about it because I can't handle criticism. I will start crying. Um, um, I won't yell because I edit this podcast and it would hurt my ears to hear myself yell. That's a good point. Thank you for not yelling for both of you. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Thank uh, you. Uh, <laughs> um, there's not really much that I can say about Skyrim that hasn't already been said a thousand times by a thousand different people. Um, I'm enjoying it. I have downloaded quite a few mods. Um, Ooh, like what? So a lot of like the immersion mods I'm finding I'm really enjoying like there's you know mods that sort of expand dialogue and make it more realistic and there's Ooh. mods that um, make makes the citizen AI a bit more realistic like they'll go inside if it starts raining or they'll like put a hood on or whatever um, I have like a cloak mod and immersive armors which adds a bunch of armors to the game um, and it changes up certain armors of like the storm cloaks or uh, the Imperial army. Um, there's a camping mod that I have that I really like. Ooh. There's a mod. It's very famous. It's called Frostfall. It's where if you're like out in the cold or the snow, um, your character needs to warm themselves or else they'll like pass out. Um, just like little immersion things like that. And then obviously I get like the hair mods and the appearance mods so that my characters don't look like a stubbed toe, um, (laughs) which most of the characters in Skyrim look like, (laughs) but it's been really fun. I'm really enjoying it, which is like unusual. Oh, I feel like this is the most important mod that I have. It's the alternate start mod, which is another really famous one where instead of starting off on the cart, almost getting beheaded, big dragon attack. 
um, you can pick a different start for your character. So like you could be shipwrecked off a coast or you can be like about to join a guild or. That's really cool. Yeah. Or you could just be like a random person, like a farmer or something. Um, So I really liked that because I've played through the beginning of Skyrim like a hundred times. So it's nice to not have to do that. Um, Basically any mod that is on the first or second page of the most popular mods on Nexus Mod Manager is what I've downloaded. And it's been fun. I'm really enjoying it. I like the added challenge of like, ooh, I can't be wet right now because it's cold out and I'll freeze, like that sort of thing. <laughs> that's kind of fun. So, But that's what I'm I've gonna, been playing. I got to say, I'm enjoying hearing your mod experience now that you have PC. I think this should become a regular segment as you mod games. Right. Kelly's Corner. Kelly's Mod Corner. Yeah, I think we should put the word mod in it because otherwise it just sounds like a self-help segment. The Mod Pod. No. We could do self-help. Mm, I wouldn't take my advice. Yeah, but that sounds fun. <laughs> All right, audience, if you have any, just tweet tweet at us. Yeah. Your, your burning life questions and we will answer them at the end of our show. Yeah, I we promise. will relate them to something video game related. And then if you add, we'll if you them. add us, I promise we will answer. <laughs> I pr- as long as it's not like gonna get us in trouble, I will answer your questions. Yeah, me too. And you can choose which one of us is it. One of us will give you really good advice, and one of us will give you really bad advice, and you have and to figure out which is which. Exactly, and it won't be completely obvious. Yep. Like one will ruin your life, but you won't know <laughs> until you do it. True. That's all she wrote, folks. I see um, a young gentleman on my screen right now. He's red and he has spiky fists. And I think his name is Knuckles. A little behind the scenes for you, audience. I record in a closet because <laughs> <laughs> because I have a loud cat and because it's, it's the easiest to soundproof as, uh, of any spot in my house. And I record on this tiny little little couch and I have a lot of stuffed animals, mostly video game themed. And it occurred to me mere moments ago that directly next to me is a stuffed animal of Knuckles the Echidna from Sonic the Hedgehog. And I feel I feel ignorant. I feel stupid and I feel a fool because last week's episode, we had a, a long running joke that we've referenced several times about Knuckles the Echidna. And I realized just now at the end of this episode eight of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew that directly next to me was Knuckles the Echidna. He was right there. The whole time. The whole time. Just begging for us to like mention him. And and I didn't. I mean, we mentioned him a whole lot, but I could have brought him up and made him, you know, talk like here. Listen, ready, ready audience? Mm-hmm. This is him. This is him punching the microphone. Oh. Oh, wow. I bet that sounds great. And I hope I don't have to cut that sound out because it hurts ears. It was really scary. (laughs) Anyway, that's going to be the end of this episode. We are off next week because we will be just taking, you know, some self-help week, just uh, enjoying ourselves. So tune in the following week for another regular episode. We'll be talking about what we've been playing. We'll be talking about that Sony state of play news. Hopefully there's some good stuff there. And uh, who knows? Who knows? Maybe Nintendo will announce another new Switch model. Does he know uh, something? 
No, well, actually, my friend uh, Todd Huarud mm-hmm. hinted to me. Todd Huarud hinted to me that that he knows something. Right. He yeah. knows everything. He's like an oracle. Just like his coworker Hideo Kojima. <laughs> yes. So this has been another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Minmo the Cat. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next episode. Always stay healthy and grow strong.